Hey friends, welcome to episode 13 of the Sport Fanatics podcast. A little bit late today. Uh, it's on Saturday, July 31st, because I had a little bit of a cold. Had to get over, but feeling better, so we're back at it. And I'm, I'm glad you are feeling a lot better, Chris. Yeah, thank for that. I was just thankful it wasn't COVID, got yeah, tested, and yeah, yeah. it was just a regular cold. But yeah, thank the Lord. Yeah, so. That's great news, though. That doing a lot better, and. Oh, yeah. you got you got your voice your voice back from from under you and yeah almost ready, ready to record on this Saturday afternoon yeah it's pretty important for doing this right yeah <laughs> yeah 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 you got you got to have that voice now not yeah like some kind of Smeagol no. voice from Lord of the Rings yeah no one wants to hear that but uh, <laughs> today we're going to be of course continuing the Olympics got to talk about those NBA draft results uh, also oh, yeah. the a lot of MLB trades. Stuff yes, going down, yes. so Bi- very busy day yesterday on the trade market. For sure, it's almost kind of fortunate in a way that we got pushed back a day with as much went on. I I know it. You you know I thought about that late last night. I I said you know what it actually is a good thing that we're recording on a Saturday because we wouldn't have been able to break down the multitude of chaos that ensued. Right during the trade deadline yesterday, and so so uh, we, we've got that coming up for you on today's show. Yeah, so so can't wait to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so stick around with us, and we'll get to it. But for now, here's the theme song. I'll miss you, Big Three, 2016, always and forever. start with the olympics where it's neck and neck man right now latest uh, results i have 46 medals for both china and united states uh wow. the only reason china is listed first because they have more gold right now 21 gold medals to okay. 16 for the u.s but uh in third with nine medals behind with 37 are the russian athletes who again are not able to compete under the russian flag but that's where we're looking at right now. United States, of course, uh, still doing really good in swimming, uh, shooting, and uh, they've also got a fencing gold. Uh, gymnastics, they did manage to get some gold, although kind of settled for more silver because of the unfortunate situation with Simone Biles, which you touched on last time. Yes. But, of course, as expected when this started, the United States and China are going to be really close head-to-head in this. And I guess one thing I really want to touch on is some of the discussion that has been going on with Simone Biles. Uh, We didn't know when we recorded last time what exactly. She just said she wasn't 100%. And we've sort of found out since then that it was more of a a mental not 
and that that's why she couldn't compete. And I've, I mean, most people have been supportive, but I've definitely seen some grief directed her way because I guess people feel like she owed it to the country. to compete anyway. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. My thoughts on that are she's not a paid athlete here. I mean, this is yeah. something she's. I mean, I know she's got sponsorship deals, but she's just. I mean, Olympians are volunteers here. Oh yeah, and yeah, they're 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 you know they're doing it for their country, right? And representing for their country. And I think it's completely fair to treat mental health like you treat physical health. Yes, no doubt about it. No and question. I saw some like practice video where she just was not landing her her practice like gymnastics like she she wasn't able to yeah. land safely so whether it's mental or physical i mean she's she'd be risking i think pretty serious injury if she's not able to land correctly right. and she's not she's not going to be able to i think she's helping her team more by being a good teammate and cheering them on yes. from the side rather than forcing herself to go out there and underperform when she knows she's not at her top game. So I know last time we kind of thought it was more physical, but even as a mental thing, I still think it was good of her and I support her decision to to back out and cheer from the side for her teammates. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and she withdrew from the individual finals for vault and uneven bars. And it was also reported that her status for floor exercise and balance beam will be determined in the coming days per USA Gymnastics. And you know, that's I mean, that's a tough decision for someone like her because she's been fighting for this for years now. So it's a huge decision to have to do that. It's not like it was just a, it's not like she woke up one morning and was like, eh, I don't feel like it today. Like a lot of thought had to go into that decision for yeah. her. And uh, I guess I'll put a little addendum to that. Yeah. Keep in mind, it's important. Mental health is extremely important. It so, sure is. Yeah, don't. Some people tend to, you know, they'll think about physical health and physical ailments, but they won't. Some people don't really consider mental health to that same level of, of and they, importance. And they should. Yeah. So keep that in mind. And I don't know if you feel like you or someone you know is having some mental issues, don't undercut that, you know, take yeah. it seriously. And it's important stuff. But yeah, like do do stuff that you enjoy do stuff that makes you happy if if you have to get out of the house and get in your car and drive around for a little bit to to escape whatever's going on in your life with job related stress or or, or any kind of stress and tension just feel free to do it and and get away from from all kinds of negative aspects that life tends to throw our way and yeah. you know talk to friends talk to family and 
just surround yourself with with your loved ones, with, with, with people that you know truly love and care about you and, and, and are going to support you and and or either, you know, get, get you the help that you need mentally. But, I mean, that's, yeah, that's obviously just as important as your physical well-being for sure. Right. Well, and on a more positive note, in gymnastics, Sunisa Lee had a great performance in the like the artistic all around gymnastics. She won gold, and like I mentioned, swimming, of course, USA did great. Uh, Chase Kalis won the men's 400 meter individual medley, uh, the men's 100 meter butterfly. Caleb Dressel won, and then the swimming women's 800 meter freestyle. Katie Ledecky dominated won another gold medal chris third straight olympic gold in that women's 800 meter freestyle also i've i've got some uh olympic events to touch on as well all right cool the usa men's basketball team is on to the quarterfinals after beating the Czech Republic 119-84. to Big time dominant win for the U.S. men's basketball team. Something that they really needed. Yeah, they needed to get their feet under them. No doubt about it. To avoid more criticism from fans and, and media, sports media alike. Jason Tatum scored 27 points in the game. He went 10 for 16 from the field, 5 of 10 from three-point land. Kevin Durant, 23 points, 8 of 11 from the field, and 4 of 7 from three-point land. And now Kevin Durant is now the top Olympic scorer in USA men's basketball history, passing oh, wow. Melo Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, that's so congratulations to KD on that and that USA men's basketball team for advancing to the quarterfinals with the with a big dominant win over the Czech Republic there. Yeah, which was really look, nice to see. Forward. Yeah. Cause they were struggling so much. They were they were I, – I think that they finally had a heart-to-heart with uh, Coach Pop, Coach Greg Popovich. I think he was trying to run and implement his San Antonio style of basketball with these guys, and that's something that you just can't do because they're, they're top-notch athletes the best that the game has to offer right now. And you definitely can't implement your own style. You have to play to their strengths. Right. And I'm sure, well, that's exactly what happened here with that, that big win over the Czech Republic. Well, and the good news is when you have players that good and experienced like that, they'll, they'll let their coach know what they need. And if it's a good coach, they'll listen. Yes, so yes, that, like like he is because he yeah. he is a Hall of Fame coach. There's no doubt about that. Exactly. Five NBA championships, 
he definitely knows what he's doing. But I, I'm glad he I'm glad he took a step back from how he operates things and listened to his his players that are on this that make up this USA men's basketball team, and they're able to really take it to the Czech Republic there. So that's that's really nice to see for USA basketball, and I just hope they continue to play at that level yeah. going forward. Well, unfortunately, I they, they definitely do have the talent. Yeah, I, I, I understand LeBron and some other really good super NBA superstars are not on this team, but still, this team is still represented by some – great players there's no doubt about that well unfortunately i haven't seen who who else has left in this like who's it look like they might play you know i really i really couldn't find because i haven't seen it either that's the thing yeah i just i've seen it come up come up on alerts on my phone but it it ga- it gave me no indication of who they were going to play. Now I'll say this, Chris. They they played they played this game. I'm talking about earlier this morning. So of course, not not a lot of people were up. Right. in the United States to to watch it. Yeah, I've been catching what I can before I go to bed, basically. And so I'm not sure if if the the winner of a game quite possibly that the US men's team would play is happening right now or if it happened maybe maybe 2 hours ago. So I'm not I'm not sure about that at all. Let me check real quick. I'll try to pull but, it up. While you're doing that, Chris, I'll touch on some more notable things that have happened. It was a a clean sweep for Jamaica in the women's 100-meter. Elaine Thompson-Hara set a Olympic record. Shelly Ann Fraser-Price and Sharika Jackson were the trio that won the women's 100 meter for Jamaica. Jamaica's dominance in the women's 100 meter at the Olympics is really mind-blowing. 10 of the 12 medals won since 2008 and every single gold since then have been won by Jamaicans. <laughs> 16 of 30 medals since 1984 have also went to Jamaican women. Wow. Dominance. Yeah. For real. And speaking of Elaine Thompson Hera once again, she broke Florence Griffith Joyner's Olympic record in the women's 100 meter. <laughs> but how about this? She she said that she still could have gone faster. <laughs> Quoted, and I quote, this is what she said, Chris. I think I could have gone faster if I wasn't pointing and celebrating. <laughs> but to show you that there's more in store, hopefully one day I can unleash that time. 
Ooh. Well, I guess save that for uh, the last run. Don't leave any time on the table. Of course, I remember Usain Bolt. He would like celebrate oh, and yes. stuff too, and he was getting to the end and yeah, probably shave a few tenths <laughs> of a second off. Well, I mean, when when you're that fast and you're out running the entire competition, and you you've got room to showboat and still win the race, why not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Shelley and Fraser Price, another member of that trio, had a time of ten point seven three. That was the fastest in the women's one hundred meter semifinals. So the Jamaican women absolutely flying forget the bobsled team you've got you've got racing <laughs> another form of racing and it's track uh it looks like uh in the three groups the top teams right now in basketball are france australia and whoever wins tomorrow between spain and slovenia uh, like okay. they, those people haven't lost yet. Uh, yeah, Slovenia is the the team that Luka Doncic is on, so I expect a good performance. So that's really who's out of them to. So France and Australia play each other. Well, those are the uh, oh, each oh, of just, the groups. Oh, oh, okay. So I then, whoever you. gets out of those groups will then they'll finally play I got each you. other. So I, I guess the U.S. is going to have to try to beat France. Okay. Because I think that's that group that they're in to move on. Allez, pour français. Oui, oui. Let's see. Any Versus other? good day, mate. <laughs> but let's see. Team USA's Kelly Clace and Sarah Sponsel have won against Brazil in a tight three-set match. They remained undefeated as they moved to the round of 16 in women's volleyball. Oh, okay. So that was that was some some women's volleyball there for you. Let's see. Also in women's volleyball, ROC beat Team USA in three straight sets. Uh, dang. And I believe I've got one more, Chris. I do. How about this? In baseball, Team USA wins their group, which was Group B, and will face Japan in the quarterfinal after beating the Korean national team 4-2. to two. Of course, they got it makes sense Japan. So now so now group B which is team USA first place will play group A in first place Japan. Okay. Well, and one other thing I want to mention I watched last night was the triathlon with the mixed team. Uh the USA got silver. But that was a really fun competition to watch. Great Britain won gold. But, you know, it's like an all-around thing where you got uh, running and then swimming and then cycling and put it all in one in a really long race. Uh, USA got silver out of it. But 
So, yeah, the Olympics still chugging along. We're halfway through. Neck and neck between the USA and China. Excited to see how some of these tournaments, like basketball and baseball, softball, yes. how they end up finishing this week. Yeah, should be should be an interesting interesting race to the finish line for for these countries and it should be really fun to see who's gonna come out on top and and win the gold medal so it's definitely something to to keep watching and keep our eye on we touched on nba draft predictions yes and we looked at several mock drafts well it actually happened thursday night so sure did i know that you had a close eye on that so i did i did i I kept kept up with it all the way through so how good were those predictions how did how did it turn out well they were good for the most part but that top 10 like i said you could definitely see some surprises in it there there were there were a couple of surprises for sure but let's start with the obvious we all knew that Cade Cunningham was going to be taken number one overall by the Detroit Pistons the guard out of Oklahoma State and he was I wonder if their uh statement that they were still considering if Jalen Green if it was to kind of throw other teams off at all or if they were actually legit still considering well I I know it was down to Cunningham and Jalen Green and Jalen Green by the way did go number two to the Houston Rockets, the guard from from the G League team called Ignite. Right. But I'm pretty sure there was a lot of speculation because this kid, Jalen Green, has already been in the, I guess I could say, already have, he's already started the professional part of his career playing in an NBA G League team and really developing that way. So I know the the guys that were calling the draft other night said something that was – I mean, it was quite obvious to me, but it it, it made a lot of sense, and it was that he definitely could have been the number one overall pick the previous draft – Oh, okay. Just based upon his experience and he and he's he's learned from from NBA you know some some lower of of course they're they're lower tier NBA coaches but still. In, in that G League but nonetheless they 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 all have that philosophy that that NBA philosophy where they're able to to help develop and 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 grow these guys, and in that's the something G that's just a matter of time. It's not even a, a talent thing. That's just and so because that, he has that experience. Yes, and so that definitely had me thinking. Well, should the Pistons just go ahead and draft Jalen Green because he has experience already, and and he's he's already like he's going to be a already a proven commodity for whatever team that that ultimately were to select him and the pistons just 
ended up going with Cunningham, which is it's not a shocker. But the Houston Rockets get get a great ready-made player, in my honest opinion, mm-hmm. in Jalen Green at number two. Okay. Cleveland Cavaliers, they did select Evan Mobley, the center from USC. So picks one through th- one through three went as expected. And those were solid in the predictions as well in the mock drafts. Oh, yes. Yes, they were they were consistent. The the only ones that once again that you had a potential swap would have been Jalen Green and Cunningham at at one and two, but it ended up staying chalk. Mm-hmm. Just just like just like everybody expected. But I would have understood if the Pistons did take Jalen Green because once again, in my opinion, he's he's a already an NBA player like he's he, he's going to be in the starting five he's going to be ready to go and he's going to be an experienced guy already coming to your coming to your city <laughs> but here's where things got interesting chris this is this was a huge surprise pick number four the toronto raptors you consider that they're not going to have the money to re-sign their point guard Kyle Lowry, right. and and so he would walk in free agency and go to a contender for 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 next season. Uh-huh. And you figured that they were going to take guard Jalen Suggs out of Gonzaga, you know, that hit the game winning shot against UCLA in the final four to send Gonzaga to the national championship, but they did not select Jalen Suggs. They selected the Ford out of Florida State, Scotty Barnes, pick number four. Huh. It's interesting. Wonder why. Wonder <laughs> My my initial thought was, well maybe they they have had they've had good conversations with Lowry. And they're probably going to pay him what he wants for him to stay in Toronto, but I don't I don't think they're going to have enough cap to do that. I mean that'd be nice for Toronto if they could figure that out somehow, but it'd be surprising. Exactly. Because this was the same team that it was rumored, Chris, that they were trying to acquire Ben Simmons. And they were going to trade at least two or three guys from their starting five just to land Ben Simmons. And I, th- I think this number this number four pick was also involved. And it was Ben Simmons from Philadelphia for, if I remember correctly, the fourth pick. It, this was a lot. And I'm glad they declined it because it made absolute no sense. <laughs> but it was the fourth pick, Pascal Siakam. That's their power forward or center. They could use them at either spot. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Chris Chris Anubi, a great young guard in the making there, and uh, uh, it was it was another really good. That's it, Fred Van Fleet. Okay. The the other really good young guard in the making for Toronto, and so I'm glad they. They declined that, but 
I mean, they, they definitely would have been able to give Kyle Lowry the money then, and he definitely would have stayed because you would have matched him up with Simmons. But you you, you wouldn't have had the pieces around right, those two away, guys. You're giving away your team, basically. Exactly. And that's, and that's what the Brooklyn Nets did when they acquired James Harden. They let go of some some pretty nice pieces that would have helped them against Milwaukee, in my opinion, whenever Kyrie Irving went down. And so they didn't have those guys because they they had to give them up to get James Harden. But, mm-hmm. but so with that being said, pick number five, Jalen Suggs, falls right into the Orlando, Orlando Magic's lap. And... <laughs> If you don't take them, you're stupid. So the Magic are like, hey, look, Jalen Suggs. We'll take it. We'll take it. And so they selected him, number five. Number six, I told you this guy had a very good opportunity to creep into the top ten. He crept all the way up to number six. Almost top five. And the guy... I'm talking about is Josh Giddy, the guard from Australia. Hey, good day, mate. Oklahoma City Thunder selected him at number six. What a rise up the draft board into the top ten for Josh Giddy as he's taken number six overall. Number seven, no surprise here. We discussed it. We talked about it. And it was it was chalk here as the Golden State Warriors selected Jonathan Kuminga, the teammate of Jalen Green with the NBA G League team called Ignite. Number eight, the Orlando Magic had their second top ten pick in the first round as they selected Franz Wagner, the forward out of Michigan. Number nine, favorite pick of the draft, Chris. Okay. I told you, and I I remember sharing this with you on Twitter that night, but I I know you remember me telling you this and and our listeners that Davion Mitchell is a top 10 pick. He is a top 10 talent. And they had him. They had him on on the outside looking in. The Sacramento Kings, although they do have some really talented young guards, it just got even better for them as they took Davion Mitchell, the guard from Baylor, my absolute favorite pick of the draft. That Sacramento team now is loaded with young guard play. So could could put them in a position to be pretty dangerous. No, no if question. They all click together. No question. And it also made sense because there were rumors going around before the Russell Westbrook trade to the Lakers that the Lakers were looking at acquiring guard Buddy Hield from the Sacramento Kings. Which, if you would have shipped him off and got got like a Kyle Kuzma back, then Okay, there's you a there's you a forward right there. And now you select Davion Mitchell to go along with 
De, uh, De'Aaron Fox and Terrence Davis, our, our, our boy from yeah. Ole Miss, is from South Haven, Mississippi. Yeah, so, yeah. so that that definitely was my favorite pick. And I mean, great pickup for the Sacramento Kings there at number nine, selecting Davion Mitchell. Number 10, we discussed about this last show where the Pelicans and the Grizzlies made a trade. The Pelicans moved up to number 10, but this pick, this pick once again was sent to Memphis when that when that, that trade went final. So uh-huh. I, even though the Pelicans selected this man, this this guy goes to Memphis, and that was Zaire Williams, the forward out of Stanford. So Zaire Williams goes to Memphis instead okay. of New Orleans. Uh-huh. Number 11, the Hornets selected James Boonight, the guard from Connecticut. So he, the the climber, the cl- another climber in this draft, just barely missed out on being a top 10 pick. Yeah, he got close to that. But boy, did he rise up the draft boards and 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 was taken higher than a lot of people expected number 12 this guy shot up the draft board as well and this was a shocker this was one of those that was really shocking why they would why they would take this kid so so high and and at pick number 12 but that was San Antonio Spurs selecting Josh Primo, the guard out of Alabama, had a lot of people. Oh, wow. Yeah, he. Sh- I mean, he shot up, didn't he, Chris? Yeah, uh, that first draft we looked at, he was, he was he was in the low twenties. Yeah, he's twenty fourth in that first mock draft. Wow. Yes, and so, so man, he he shot all the way up to number twelve there. So we'll see. We'll see how he does in San Antonio. I guess under, they believe in him. Holy crap! You have to if you pick him that high. Yeah, I mean you, you have to. But we'll see how Primo does with the Spurs. Pick number thirteen, Indiana Pacers selected Chris Duarte, the guard from Oregon. Pick number fourteen. This was a great pick. This was a great pick. I, I, I this was another pick that I liked. Not as much as. Davion Mitchell going to the Kings, uh-huh. but I think this is a great pick to go along with the guard play in Golden State with Steph and Clay, Steph Curry and, and Clay Thompson, that is. And that was Moses Moody, the guard from Arkansas, going to the Golden State Warriors at pick number 14. So that's definitely a guy. Okay. Definitely a guy that. I believe down the road's going to complement the Splash Brothers really well. So great, great pick at number 14 by the Warriors. Number 15, the Wizards, Washington Wizards, selected Corey Kispert, the forward from Gonzaga. At pick number 16, the Oklahoma City Thunder had their second first-round pick. But this pick was traded to the Houston Rockets as they selected Alperin Sengun, the center from Turkey. 
So one of them international guys. Yes. Yes. So Houston made a deal with OKC to acquire Sengun. So he now goes to the Rockets. Pick number 17. Once again, Memphis Grizzlies here, but this pick goes to New Orleans in that trade for mm-hmm. Jonas Valanciunas. And the Grizzlies selected Trey Murphy, the guard from Virginia. So once again, he will go to New Orleans. Pick number 18, the third and final pick for the Oklahoma City Thunder in the first round as they selected guard Trey Mann out of Florida. Pick number 19, we had another trade here as the New York Knicks selected Kai Jones, the forward from Texas. That pick was traded to the Charlotte Hornets, so Kai Jones is now a Hornet. Pick number 20, the Atlanta Hawks selected Jalen Johnson, the forward from Duke. It was kind of a fell down a bit from the original draft we looked at. Yes, yes, he did, he did, which you know, a, a lot of people had him going, going at, at at least at least fifteen. Yeah, he he was fifteen, think, sixteen in that area. He was going to in that first one. So yeah, going to either OKC, you know they. They they get a they get a talented young forward there, but did but, not happen. But still in the first round, so you know. Oh yeah, yeah, and and of course it doesn't help that guys like a Joshua Primo get taken that high. Yeah, as we just discussed, and so that obviously hurt guys like Jalen Johnson from from maybe maybe getting picked there. Right. Maybe getting picked by San Antonio there. But anywho, pick number 21, the New York Knicks decided to trade another selection here in this first round. They picked Keon Johnson, the guard from Tennessee, but he was traded to the Los Angeles Clippers. So pick 19 and 21 in this in, in in the first round, the Knicks decided to trade huh. both of those players. I, I I guess I guess they didn't like much of of, of the talent pool in this draft, so they're they're going to press their luck at a another time with the in another draft, yeah, so to speak. So right. so that that happens, and, and sometimes you can't go wrong there if your scouting department really doesn't like what they see. True. So it's but it's still kind of crazy though that in a in a three pick span you have two of them and you trade them right away so it it definitely had to do with not liking what they saw talent wise in 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 this year's draft or just felt like they weren't a good fit for whatever reason that that too yeah. that too and and obviously New York now is a much more defensive team as their head coach is is very defensive minded mm-hmm. and so 
you you had to think that that he was looking for some some defensive guys that could get it done on that end and but obviously they didn't like what they saw on this draft we have we had another trade with the next pick chris number 22 los angeles lakers selected isaiah jackson the forward out of kentucky he is now traded to the indiana pacers a lot of that going on it was a lot wow it was a lot. Let's see. Houston Rockets had back-to-back picks at pick 23 and 24. At pick number 23, they selected Usman Garuba, the forward out of Spain. Pick number 24, they selected guard Josh Christopher out of Arizona State. At least they seemed to like the talent. And they did not at trade least. them away. Yeah. Now – Going back to, let's see, one of those picks, it was pick number 21 by the New York Knicks. I have an error that I need to correct here, so y'all please forgive me. Chris, please forgive me. I totally forgot about this. But Okay, so pick number 21, Keon Johnson, picked by the Knicks, was traded to the Clippers. Pick number 25 by the Clippers, this pick was traded to the Knicks. So this was the swap. And I I knew that, but it totally crossed my mind, and I just refreshed my memory on it. As the Clippers selected Quentin Grimes, the guard from Final Four Team Houston, the Houston Cougars. So Quentin Grimes goes to New York, and Keon Johnson goes to L.A. in that swap. Pick number 26, the Denver Nuggets selected Nashawn Bones Highland, the guard from VCU, the the name of the draft hey, that hey, we yeah. talked about. So Get him, Bones. So now he, he gets to play alongside the NBA MVP, Nikola Jokic. Another pretty fun name. And we all know that he's he's a dog, man. He's he's a dog in the paint and he mm-hmm. can he can get his shots anytime he wants cuz he he can knock them down, that's for sure. But now he's got a a, a young man by the nickname of Bones <laughs> coming to play with <laughs> Don't mess with them. So they they should be tough and rugged. Next season, and, and and hopefully they're a lot healthier as Jamal Murray gets back into the fold for the Nuggets. Pick number 27, the Brooklyn Nets selected guard Cameron Thomas out of LSU. Pick number 28, the Philadelphia 76ers selected another SEC guard out of Tennessee in Jaden Springer. Pick number 29, we had another trade, Chris. As the Phoenix Suns selected Dayron Sharp, the center out of North Carolina, that pick was traded to the Brooklyn Nets. Okay. And lastly, and finally, the final trade of the first round, the Utah Jazz selected Santi Aldema, the forward out of Spain. He was traded to the Memphis Grizzlies. 
Oh, okay. Got another Spaniard going to the Grizzlies. To the grit and grind Grizzlies. So, obviously, the Grizzlies here stocking up on size. Yeah, I'm hoping that- in this year's draft because they they definitely had the guard play, and right. we saw that down down the stretch of the season and and in the the little the little playoff tournament where they you know they got red hot and then they played number one seeded Utah Jazz in the Western Conference Finals and won the first game. It was, but it was because they shot at such a high level from games two through five, they absolutely got dominated in the paint. They were physically outmatched. They were out-rebounded by Rudy Gobert of the Jazz. You know, Derek Favors of the Jazz. Right. Those those guys were absolutely killing them well, yeah. on the board. So it's nice to see Memphis... Making moves here. Exactly. Get, getting the the size that they need down low to be able to well that'd be pretty cool for us if they're able to if it works out for them because i don't know i I want memphis to do really well they're the closest team to us yes and And i i mean obviously we root for them yeah i mean default team for for me anyway shaquille o'neal is no longer playing basketball and he was my favorite player Mm mm-hmm and you know whatever team he went to, I, I rooted for. But now he's retired, so my team's the Memphis Grizzlies, and I I am pulling for the Kings because of Terrence Davis. Right, he played at Ole Miss, and he's from South Haven, Mississippi. When well, you know me too, I hope he and really successful there. But once again, I love I love the pick at pick number nine when they selected Davion Mitchell. Yeah, that no, that's going to be a great compliment. Or complimentary piece, I should say, to go along with those those great young and talented guards in Sacramento. Yeah, I know you said that was your favorite pick. It, who, which team do you felt came the best out of this? The best out of it. I mean, whether they had one pick or two or three or traded. Yeah. Because I know one good pick like that can go a long way. Let's see. I want. I want to take a. I want to take one more look at. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Rockets. Okay. Because you know they had they had the three picks in the first round, and I thought they they did exceptionally exceptionally well. They got what they they got. Needed. They got a NBA ready player already, as we've touched on in this segment, in Jalen Green, right? And he's going to be a star for that franchise. That was pick number two. Pick number twenty three. They selected a Ford out of Spain mm-hmm. in Usman Garuba, and I saw his film. He play he plays defense at a pretty high level and he can shoot the basketball. Okay. So that's definitely a plus there. And then the following pick at pick number twenty four, they selected Josh Christopher, the guard out of Arizona State. So you you've got two guards and a forward. Yeah. There, you know, because you, you you traded James Harden away. 
and you definitely are rebuilding your roster. What better way to do it than at the top start over with with a guy, in my opinion, and I'm sorry I keep saying this, but this guy is NBA ready right now. And so that's that was definitely a, a great pick or a great picks, I should say, by the Houston Rockets. So so I, I really I really loved their draft and their draft strategy for sure. And I mean I would have put up Oklahoma City there, but they, they traded well, yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I forgot about this player too. The Rockets also acquired pick number 16 by the Thunder, Alperin Sagoon, the center out of Turkey. I forgot about that as well. So, yeah, they so, were, so you've got, I mean, that they were what, heavy. Great, great strategy. Yeah. Great strategy there. So they, they basically, they basically like, a, they're a G League team. Four out of the five players, they could just about, you know, just about field an own team <laughs> as they selected two guards, a forward, and a center. One one guard away or, or, or another forward away from they fielding could, a, a starting five. They could start completely over if they wanted to. That no rate. doubt about it. And so they they got two international players a forward out of Spain and a center out of Turkey that they acquired in that trade with the Thunder and then two guards. Mm-hmm. So Okay. So I mean they in my in my opinion they they won the draft for me considering it was a definite rebuild in Houston and I'm hoping guys like a Victor Oladipo can stick around, but I, I'm I'm sure he'll he'll more than likely get moved. But if he's able to stick around, man, him and or excuse me, Oladipo and J, Jalen Green, they will complement each other very well. I think for the Houston Rockets, so they definitely had a great game plan in this year's NBA draft. So once again, that was your NBA draft summary. And we will definitely see which of these guys end up having a a great career, quite possibly in the NBA. We will watch with great interest. Okay. Well, moving on, we've got some MLB to discuss. A lot of moves also going down there. Talking about trades in the NBA draft, but we've had a lot of trades, that trade deadline coming up. So, I mean, where to even begin? Uh, Cubs and Nationals have gotten rid of quite a few players. Complete fire sale yesterday for both of those franchises. Yeah. What a crazy, historic trade deadline, the craziest that I've ever seen. And a lot of a lot of people were saying yesterday it was the most exciting one and the best one yet. Yeah, you know, some years it's like you anticipate what might happen, and then it's kind of like not a whole lot goes down. That wasn't this year. Yes, there was a ton of moves. 
a ton a ton in just one day. Mm-hmm. You know, normally that that week there's there's deals made every day, and not all in one day. And a, but this year's draft, you had a few moves made during the week, and then here comes Friday, mm-hmm. which was yesterday, Friday the July the thirtieth. And it's just pure, utter chaos ensues with deal after deal after deal after deal being made. And you feel like you're on the game show, let's make a deal. (laughs) (laughs) With Wayne Brady. Which, to be fair, that's about what the owners are at that point. The GMs. Oh, yeah. They... they there there's definitely money tied up in it they they do not want to keep great players on these teams and then they end up walking in free agency and they and they end up feeling stupid because they they didn't get any value in return any right. any young prospects any yeah. young and upcoming prospects in return to where they can they could be a part of a rebuild but but also quite possibly the next big superstars the next big prospects to to create a winning culture for for these these franchises that are smaller market teams that don't have enough money necessarily to go out and get some big free agents during an off season. Yeah. And we've, we've seen the, a lot of those small market teams have turned into having some really good scouting departments and they've made the best out of it by really working and studying as hard as they can. And if, well, the number one minor league system of Tampa Bay Rays. No, no question. Yeah, no question. And I'd say at number two, Los Angeles Dodgers. They just continue to draft, scout, and develop well. To where they don't have to sign free agents and unload more talent when they do that. Right, but. Speaking of those Dodgers, Chris, they made the biggest trade of the day. And that was when they acquired starting pitcher Max Scherzer and shortstop Trey Turner from the Washington Nationals. As if that team wasn't scary enough. They're the odds-on favorite to win the World Series. Again, (laughs) all of a sudden... They acquired those two mega superstars from the Nationals in exchange for right-handed pitcher Gerardo Carrillo, right-handed pitcher Josiah Gray, who is the number 42 overall prospect, according to MLB.com, catcher Kybert Ruiz, who is the number 41-ranked prospect, according to MLB.com, and outfielder Donovan Casey. So that that was definitely the biggest trade of the day. Yeah. For sure. 
The Atlanta Braves acquired outfielder Jorge Soler from the Royals, a guy that was on 2016 World Series Championship yeah. Chicago Cubs as a as a bench player, and we're fixing to get into more more Cubs of being traded from that 2016 World Series core. Yeah, they have dispersed. And we'll get into that in, in, in just a few. But So Jorge Soler goes to the Braves from the Royals. Braves also acquired right-handed pitcher Richard Rodriguez from the Pirates. They acquired outfielder Eddie Rosario, who was currently on the injured list, and cash considerations from the Indians. I mean Guardians. <laughs> <laughs> And outfielder Adam Duvall from the Marlins. Adam Duvall actually, if I'm not mistaken, was an Atlanta Brave last season or the year before last. So the Braves get a familiar face uh, in, this, in this second half run that they're embarking on. I, I, I don't think they're going to I don't think they're going to go very far, but. We'll see about that, yeah. But they're definitely in, in a division where they can do it. Yeah, let's say no one's running away with that division. So no, Yeah, no question about it. And the speaking of another cub, the Braves also earlier in the trade period acquired outfielder Jock Peterson from the Chicago Cubs. Okay. Your Arch rival Boston Red Sox. Hey, boo. <laughs> they acquired right handed pitcher Hansel Robles and cash considerations from the Twins in exchange for right handed pitcher Alex Scherf. The Red Sox also acquired left handed pitcher Austin Davis from the Pirates in exchange for infielder outfielder Michael Chavis. And they acquired. Another former Chicago Cub from the World Series championship team in 2016 and Kyle Schwarber from the Nationals. <sighs> what a a guy that I always wanted to see in the DH spot in the American League for either the Yankees or the Red Sox, and he goes to one of those teams now in the Red Sox. That has finally happened. It's uh, going to be awesome to see him in that DH role. Because he, I'm sorry, he is great offensively, but he can't play defense worth a dang. And Joe Madden constantly stuck him in the outfield. That's how That's how he tore his ACL at the start of that 2016 season. And it's just a miracle that he was able to play in that 2016 World Series against the Yankees, where in the first two games he's putting up Babe Ruth type numbers mm. in the World Series. Yeah, all his on base percentage was off the charts, and it so was his slugging percentage. So, and guess what, Chris? <laughs> what? Here's the thing about it: what position in the lineup? Was he penciled in at, you say? The designated hitter. Yeah. So, so American League, look out. 
Yeah, please don't uh, kill my Yankees. I mean, the Red Sox are like killing my Yankees enough this year, so it's going to be scary. Yeah. And so that was definitely a big player that they acquired there. The San Diego Padres acquired yet another former Chicago Cub as they acquired outfielder Jake Marisnik from the Chicago Cubs in exchange for right-handed pitcher Anderson Espinoza, who was ranked as the number eighth prospect in the Padres system. So oh, I, wow. I, okay. I, I, I did like that because Jake Marisnik was just on a one-year deal with the Cubs that mm-hmm. he signed in the offseason just a rental. Just the player to to play any of the outfield positions because they desperately needed outfielders and outfield depth on the team this year before this for that eleven game losing streak that completely eliminated them from any contention whatsoever. Right, and so that was that was a great pickup for the Cubs getting a get some great young talent there and, and getting a pitcher. Yeah, getting a pitcher that was ranked that high in the San Diego Padres system. So you have that. The Milwaukee Brewers acquired left-handed pitcher Daniel Norris from the Tigers in exchange for right-handed pitcher Reese Olsen. And the Brewers also acquired right-handed pitcher John Curtis from the Marlins in exchange for catcher Peyton Henry. And I, I know... Earlier in the week, they acquired the third baseman. But I I know he played third base in his debut for the Brewers last night when they just went on a hitting spree in Atlanta when they were down four to nothing early in that ball game and just went on a hitting spree and it ended up winning that ball game nine to five last night in Atlanta. But this guy he played a he played primarily at second base for the Arizona Diamondbacks, and that was Eduardo Escobar. They have now moved him to third base because that's a desperate need for the for the Brewers right now, and they're able to keep Colton Wong, the former St. Louis Cardinal, at second base. Okay. In that okay. infield and in the lineup as well. So acquiring Escobar, who, who has uh, – I, I believe I believe last night he hit his twenty fourth home run. So he's he's had a he has had a what am I trying to say here? He is having a a great statistical year. There we go. A solid year at at the at the dish. At the okay. And so that's definitely going to help the Brewers as they look to wrap up the NL Central here in the second half. So that that was that was a big time get for them at a position of need for sure. Let's move on to a team out of the American League East. Your favorite friends from Toronto, Chris. Our friends Tor- up north. Who finally who finally I might add Played at the Rogers Center, their home ballpark last night. They back home now. They are back home. I missed that. First okay. first game. First game back at, at Rogers Center this season in 
I mean, we're going to be in August starting tomorrow. Yeah. This is the last day of July, so it took them long enough, but they finally cleared. Better late than never. Exactly. So they finally cleared the Blue Jays to be able to play in Toronto, to play in Canada, and what a crowd they had on hand last night at the Rogers Center. It was packed. They were loud as they upset the Tampa Bay Rays. Or excuse me, I take that back. I'm getting a little too ahead of myself. But they beat the Kansas City Royals. Sorry, uh-huh. the the Rays did get beat last night, but um, not by Toronto. I'm sorry, I'm getting a little too excited here. <laughs> well, you're gonna people. get me excited too. But oh yeah, definitely because y'all are in a chase with them right now. Uh-huh. Y'all are in the same division. But correction. On that, people, the Blue Jays defeated the Royals last night, not the Rays. It's just not a huge shocker, but yeah. But still, reason why I reason why I'm so excited right now is that the Blue Jays were they they played their first home game of the season finally mm-hmm. in Toronto at the Rogers Center, and what a great crowd that they had on hand. But the Blue Jays acquired. Starting pitcher Jose Barrios from the Minnesota Twins for top prospects, shortstop outfielder Austin Martin, who is ranked as the number 16 prospect according to MLB.com. Big time young prospect there. And Simeon Woods Richardson, the number 68 ranked prospect according to MLB.com. The Blue Jays also acquired right-handed pitcher Joaquim Soria from the D-backs in exchange for two players to be named later. Now, let's get to your New York Yankees, Chris. New York, New York. Had some good acquisitions here. Oh, yeah. For sure. One in particular that made some big headlines. Yes. Especially in this first game. And, and involving both of our teams, and we're fixing to uh-huh. touch on that. But yeah. but let's start first as they acquired left-handed pitcher Andrew Heaney and cash considerations from the Angels in exchange for right-handed pitcher Jansen Junk and right-handed pitcher Elvis Pagero. How about those two two how about those two names there? Yeah, how about that? Yeah. <laughs> You've got a pitcher by the last name of Junk, and you have to figure that he throws nothing yeah, but Junk. Kind of an unfortunate <laughs> name for a pitcher. And a right-handed pitcher by the name first name Elvis, who shares the same name with the king of rock and roll, yeah. Elvis Presley. He's and, all shook up. Here's another th- – exactly. <laughs> He's all shook up, too, because – his first name is Elvis, and his last name starts with the P. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So, so you definitely have to pronounce the last name. That way you don't get the two confused, mm-hmm. even though Elvis Presley has been dead for No, it's him. He's secretly come back and was playing baseball. And though. Elvis Presley actually died, Chris, two days before my birthday. Oh. Elvis Presley right. died on August the 16th. I was born on the 18th. Yeah. I never thought of so that. So that, that's right. still that's still crazy too. And I, I believe well, 
something that mayor of Tupelo, new mayor of Tupelo, Todd Jordan, should do is wait until August to do the Elvis Presley Festival. Well, now I understand it might be it might be a little too hot. Yeah, I think that's the problem. And kids are going back to school, but I I think it would be great to do it in August because that's that's when Elvis Presley passed away. Well, I guess in or, a way, or yeah, or do it on his birth week. Yeah, so yeah, low, that that, that would place. be good. That would do be good too. Week. Yeah, for sure. But <laughs> that that uh, last night when I was jotting all of this down i i had a kick out of that and so i wanted to have a kick out of it on on the show today but moving on with those new york yankee acquisitions the biggest one for them was when they acquired first baseman anthony rizzo from the chicago cubs for outfielder kevin alcantara and right-handed pitcher alexander vizcaino yep yep and Rizzo started his Yankee career off with a bang. Big bang. a home run in Miami. Upper deck shot. <laughs> yeah, which I mentioned to J-Mike before the podcast we started recording. I said, you know, maybe it was fortunate that his first game as a Yankee was on the road, a little bit less pressure. But I didn't realize that you mentioned it to me that he lives there. He does. He does. He He lives in Miami. He's from Florida. I know even better to ease in. You you and your fellow Yankee fans will will get to know this as well. He does a because Anthony Rizzo is a is a cancer survivor and people forget that. He has an organization and during the off season he puts on this this big fundraiser where they they do they do a lot of neat activities in in his hometown in Florida mm-hmm. where they they raise money for for cancer patients. Oh, that's nice. And, and, okay. and, and just, you know, they're raising money to to also help find a cure for cancer as well. And it, it's just a great thing that that Anthony Rizzo and his family do, yeah, and, and that organization as well. So, so you you and you and uh, other Yankee fans will, will get to well, know that during the off season because he and interestingly, the Yankees kind of have a lot of ties with Florida anyway. That that as well. So just be another one on top. So that as good. well. And I've always heard that a lot of New Yorkers like to retire to Florida and. Pl- Trust me, I I knew that when I went to a Tampa Bay Rays game yeah. and they were playing the New York Yankees. That was the only time I've gone to a, a Rays game down in Tropicana Field in Tampa. But there there were a lot of Yankee fans there for sure yeah. because they, like you said, Chris, they flocked to Florida for retirement or just to get away from the cold and brutal weather that's up north. Yeah, and like Derek Jeter lived there. Yes. So... Yes, and and then speaking of him, he's the owner of the Miami Marlins. Mm-hmm. So some more New York and Miami ties there, but obviously that is that that was a key cog of that Cubs core, and he caught the final out 
of the 2016 World Series that ended the 108-year-old title drought or curse, whatever you want to call it, as the Chicago Cubs won the World Series in 16. So Anthony Rizzo, I'm always going to be a fan of his. And I, well, and he's just been a really had some great comments yes. on his way out of Chicago. Yes, I mean, of course, he did not he did not want to leave, but it was inevitable, and had a lot of nice things to say about the organization and the fan base. And what a classy gesture by him last night, Chris, as he stepped he stepped into the batter's box wearing Chicago gloves and cleats you know the city oh, yeah. the city flag and symbol it was it, of course he's not going to wear cubs gloves and cleats but it, it was it was just the the symbol that's on the flag the chicago flag yeah and he he did that and and he ends up touching them all yeah hitting a big time bomb so now the yankees Add another collection to their Bronx Bomber squad. Well, and they need some help being more consistent. So hopefully he can be a part of that. So now now y'all got y'all a little squad going on of y'all's own as Suicide Squad hits theaters <laughs> in, yeah. in about 10 days from now. Yeah, looking forward to that so, too. <laughs> Yeah, I can't wait to see that myself. But moving on, speaking of those Tampa Bay Rays, Chris, they acquired right-handed pitcher Sean Armstrong from the Orioles in exchange for cash considerations. And they also earlier earlier in the trade week acquired a big bat. This is a guy you're very familiar with, Chris. They acquired outfielder slash designated hitter Nelson Cruz from the Minnesota Twins. And I I believe that was another guy that went yard in his first at bat with his new team. Sounds about right. Sounds fitting. Because I do remember him hitting a home run in in his debut game with the Rays. But if I remember correctly, I believe it was his first at bat. The... Cheaters, I mean Astros, acquired right-handed pitcher Phil Matan and catcher Yanier Diaz from the Guardians, I mean Indians, in exchange for outfielder Miles Straw. (laughs) The Philadelphia Phillies acquired right-handed pitcher Kyle Gibson, right-handed pitcher Ian Kennedy, Right-handed pitcher Hans Kraus and cash considerations from the Rangers. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, really. In exchange for right-handed pitcher Spencer Howard, right-handed pitcher Kevin Gowdy, and right-handed pitcher Josh Gessner. Big trade there. Nothing but pitchers. Yeah. Going. Guess they felt they needed some pitching. Both sides. It's like, hey, give me your best, and we'll give you our, our top prospect best. Yeah, I guess so. In, in the pitching category there and the Phillies also acquired a familiar face that 
has ties with the Phillies. He has played in Philly before when they acquired infielder Freddie Galvis and cash considerations from the Orioles in exchange for right-handed pitcher Tyler Birch. Okay. So a familiar face goes back to the Phillies. The Oakland Athletics acquired infielder Josh Harrison and catcher Jan Gomes from the Nationals in exchange for catcher Drew Millis, right-handed pitcher Seth Schumann, and right-handed pitcher Richard Guash. They also acquired left-handed pitcher Andrew Chafin from, once again, the Chicago Cubs for outfielder Greg Dykeman and right-handed pitcher Daniel Palencia. So that was another Cub who was traded. The St. Louis Cardinals acquired left-handed pitcher Jay Happ and cash considerations from the Twins. And that's a guy that he's been in. He's been pitching for a long time. It seems like he's never going to (laughs) retire. Yeah. And he he is (laughs) – he's just about been all all over the – all over the league, just about. I, I know he. I know he's pitched for your Yankees. Yeah, he, he's, he's pitched for the Phillies. He's pitched for the Blue Jays. Didn't really work out all that well in New York, unfortunately. Yeah, guys like him and Sonny Gray come yeah. to mind that did not work out in New York, and it happens. I mean, New York. That's a. It's a, it's a tough place to play because there are so many expectations. Yeah, it's a different animal. And sometimes guys will show up and start out good like years ago, Chuck Knobloch, and then just kind of fall off of oh, yeah. cliff. It's like pressure or something. So they acquired Jay Happ and cash considerations from the Twins in exchange for right-handed pitcher John Gant and left-handed pitcher Evan Sisk. And this was a gut punch, Chris. Later on in the day, they acquired starting pitcher John Lester from the Nationals in exchange uh, for outfielder Lane Thomas. Yeah. And as we all know, John Lester was a starter for the Chicago Cubs in that World Series run in 2016. And now here comes to me being emotional at the end of this segment, uh-huh. as I have three remaining teams to discuss. Trade acquisitions. And I hate to do it, but it has to be done. Starting with the San Francisco Giants. I have on his jersey. Oh, yeah, Actually, and ironically right now, Chris. The San Francisco Giants acquired... Third baseman Chris Bryant from the Chicago Cubs in exchange for outfielder Alexander Canario and right-handed pitcher Caleb Killian. The San Francisco Giants also acquired left-handed pitcher Tony Watson from the Angels in exchange for left-handed pitcher Sam Selman. Let's continue with this trend, Chris. As the Chicago White Sox acquired closing pitcher Craig Kimbrell and relief pitcher Ryan Tapera from the Cubs in exchange for second baseman Nick Madrigal and 
or excuse me, right-handed pitcher Cody Hewer and left-handed pitcher Bailey Horn. And lastly, in our segment, and I've I've got to do it, but the Mets acquired shortstop Javier Baez, mm. starting pitcher Trevor Williams, and cash considerations from the Cubs in exchange for outfielder Pete Crow Armstrong. What a name that yeah, goes to the really. Cubs. Well, try to look on the bright side of that. Hopefully now your minor league system will be loaded and you'll be set to really d- redevelop some talent and be there for the future. Oh, you yeah. Know? Yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely inevitable that change was coming whenever that 11-game Losing streak happened for the Chicago Cubs that completely wiped them out of first place in any contention whatsoever. And since that 11-game losing streak, Chris, do you want to know what their overall record is? Oh, what is it? Their overall record is 8-23. and 23. That is the worst oh. in Major League Baseball right Man. now, by far. And they, I watched the game last night. And, of course, you know, it was a very emotional day for me and, and a lot of other fellow Cub fans because that that Cub core, that remaining core there, that was the last of that 2016 World Series team that ended that, that long 108-year-old curse. Right. I mean, that'll be forever immortalized, that team, those yes. players that – ended that streak no doubt about it and and those guys just just what they what they mean to me and other fellow cub fans it's just it's a lot to put in to words because of what they did and i want to i want to save that for a shout out if i can as as we close the yeah, well, Cl- close to show out. But if you don't mind, Chris, you bringing up them acquiring young prospects, can I go ahead and give you a top ten that I found? Yeah, sure. From from the of course the prospects that they acquired in these in these huge trades for yeah. these these Chicago Cubs legends. Oh yeah. That well, I'm going to I'm going to call it cuz that's exactly who that who and what they are. And then after your I mean yeah, give us that top 10 and, and after and, that and, and then and then we'll, you know, we can close this Well, I was going to say you can roll straight into those shout outs okay. to, to finish okay. it off from there. Well, good deal, but yeah. I, I I found I found a top or a, a top 10 ranking from and, and it's going to start from 10 all the way to 1 of these newly acquired prospects that the Cubs received in just this massive fire sale mm-hmm. of players that exited the franchise yesterday. But let's start out with number 10, the left-handed pitcher Bailey Horn that they acquired in the trade with the White Sox for Ryan Tapera. So he's at number he's at number ten on this list. Number nine, Daniel Palencia, the right handed pitcher 
that they acquired from the Oakland Athletics in exchange for relief pitcher Andrew Chafin. Number eight, Bryce Ball, first baseman, which he's definitely – they're definitely going to speed up the process with him now. They they have no other choice as they don't have much first first baseman in their minor league system, and they just traded traded guy that's been there a good number of years in in, in Anthony Rizzo, and so Bryce Ball well and comes I mean, in at number eight. Now is the perfect time to kind of get some of those guys some experience anyway. Up at the kind of rotate some guys into the MLB level and see how they're doing. Oh yeah, ease them into it basically. Oh yeah, and so we'll we'll see how his development goes. But I I obviously expect for it to be a speedy process with him as there's there there's not that many first base prospects yeah. for the Cubs in their system right now. But now they have they have one in Bryce Ball. He was acquired in that trade for Jock Peterson from Atlanta. Number seven, Greg Dykeman, the former LSU Tiger, who plays outfield. And he came over in that trade for Andrew Chafin as well from the Athletics. Comes in at number seven. Number six, Anderson Espinoza, right-handed pitcher, comes in at number six. And I'm trying, I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to remember what trade that was that he came over with. I'm trying to think of that other player. It was a single deal. I I can't think about it, but I'm just going to move on. Number five, Alexander Canario. Outfield prospect that came over to the Cubs in that Chris Bryant deal from San Francisco Giants. So that's that's great to see. Yeah. Got number five that that you got from Chris Bryant. Shut right up there. So, yeah. And... I'm I'm loving this. One of the one of the players that they acquired in the trade for Anthony Rizzo comes in at number four. So he's in the top five as well. So that's that's great to see. Yeah. Alexander Vizcaino, the right handed pitcher. Yeah. Okay. Came over from, from the Yankees in that trade for Anthony Rizzo. So yeah. that that's that that was that's great to see. Number three, Caleb Killian, right handed pitcher. They acquire also from the Chris Bryant deal. So, number five and number three on this list, they got from San Francisco. So that's that's obviously big there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you and you expected that in return for Chris Bryant. Number two, the other Yankee prospect that came over in that Anthony Rizzo deal, outfielder Kevin Alcantara. So those two, those two deals got. Two, three, four, and five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's that's great to see. And then at number one, Pete Crow Armstrong, the outfielder 
that they acquired from the Mets in that Javier Baez trade. I've I've read where he is not going to finish the season as he is out, so he's injured for the rest of the uh-huh. season. Okay, more than likely going to have surgery there. Dang. And I wanted to touch on, yeah, Pete Crow Armstrong. He was ranked the fifth best prospect in the Mets system. Okay. Before being dealt to the to the to the Cubs, to the Cubs. Okay. in that Javier Baez trade, that was a a, a top ten okay. of the prospect hall that they they that definitely they reloaded got there. out, and so definitely. You know, definitely was coming. Myself and and other fellow Cub fans knew knew it was inevitable, knew it was going to happen. It's just crazy that it the the big three, as as I called them, of that Cubs core, were all traded in one day, and that was yesterday's trade deadline. Yeah, and so that that obviously really hurt just seeing. One after the other. It was like a tidal wave. Man. It was. And, I mean, just a full-on fire cell. But it definitely needed to happen. That that historic run for them and for the franchise, it, it, it was over with. It's just plain and simple. It, it, yeah. it was it, it was time to move Unfortunately. on. Yes, yes. And, and, boy, did they have a great run. But it was definitely time to move on. It was time to change the culture. But this, I know that Jed Hoyer is getting a lot of flack right now, but he absolutely did the right thing because I hate to say it, I like this guy, but he he didn't have the you-know-what to, to – make those moves and to make it happen and that's theo epstein theo didn't do it jed hoyer did it yesterday and obviously jed hoyer knows what he's doing well and you can't let the team just flounder without building up the you got to build up the 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 prospects you can't just let it flounder with old guys it's just going to get worse and worse each year yes And, and obviously you know Every everything fell apart very quickly, but I, I also think that a lot of that had to do with David Ross, the manager, being too close and personal with those guys that he played alongside with in that 2016 World yeah, it'd Series. Be interesting if uh, maybe with a different group of guys who he didn't play with, he might be a better coach. Exactly, and we're fixing to find that out. For sure. And so, but touching back on me watching the game last night, they're they're down four to one in the eighth inning. And they scored two in the top of the eighth to make it a one-run ball game. And, yes, they, they were beaten four to three. But they, I'm telling you, the guys that were in that lineup, they showed a lot of fight last night. Mm-hmm. And it was really great to see Jake Arietta, who 
I, I, I believe he doesn't have the stuff anymore to be able to, to pitch in this league. But, boy, was he phenomenal in that Cubs run as well, that, that three straight, you know, NLCS births. Right. He was just phenomenal in that run. Won a Cy Young in 2015. Oh, yeah. yeah. Had a, I mean, a low ERA that year. Won the wild card game for the Cubs, a must win to continue on in the postseason. Of course, he he didn't pitch as well as next his next outing against the Cardinals, but the other guys were able to pick pick him up, and they were able to upset the Cardinals, mm-hmm. and then they advanced to the National League Championship Series. But Arietta was phenomenal in his two starts against the Indians. That. Always, it always gets unnoticed, and it really ticks me off because you always want that split in game. You know, the game one and two, you want to split that and take the series back to Chicago at Wrigley Field, and that's what Arietta did in game two. Of course, the Indians took advantage in Chicago. And had the Cubs on their heels in that game five. And the Cubs barely squeaked it out. Three to two. In large part of a Chris Bryant home run. Oh, yeah. That gave them the lead in that ball game. Yeah. Okay. A Aroldis Chapman closed it out. That's back with your Yankees again. And I love the fact that he and Rizzo were reunited on the same team after them two getting in a highly big time argument. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Which really in hindsight made Anthony Rizzo become the fan favorite that he was and the captain of the Cubs in terms of him standing up for himself and his teammates. Yeah, the team. Because of, you know, what what Aroldis Chapman was doing. and But they, they obviously hashed it out, you know, in Chicago. Now they're together in New York. But Arietta, Chris, in game six, phenomenal once again in Cleveland. Phenomenal. I, I believe he only, he only allowed two or three runs. Yeah, yeah, it was it was two. It was two. Only he only allowed two runs. And they had that big grand slam in that game. And so that always gets unnoticed and 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 not not remembered enough as it should be for Arietta, but credit him last night. He he competed. He he competed for as long as he could and he he kept the Cubs in the game. Yeah, yeah, they were down by three runs, but that that that's still that's still striking distance right. for sure. And so the eighth inning, they came up with the rally, made it four to three. In the ninth, they had they had a chance as the leadoff hitter got on with the bloop single, but unfortunately, Matt Duffy he can't can't catch up 
can't catch up to a 98, 90, 99 mile per hour fastball, and he chop he chops it on the ground, rolls right to the second baseman. They're able to turn a double play, and there's already two down just like that. Yeah, that's and a momentum so, killer. So, so but they those young guys in the lineup last night competed their tails off, and they are to be commended for that considering – an emotional stretch it had been. Emotional day, period. Yeah. That that ensued prior to that game being played. For not only the Cubs, but for the Nationals as well. And bo- both of those teams are to be, you know, commended on that. Because they 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 play they they played a competitive ball game against each other, and so obviously now we're all looking forward to where where do both franchises go on from here? And it's definitely going to be a rough second half to close this 2021 MLB baseball season. But now you turn your attention to the future. Oh yeah, I was gonna say you you deal with the consequences of now to look forward to a stronger future so yes yes no no question about it and but i would like to shout out what was the remaining part of that core the big three as i called them anthony rizzo chris bryant javier baez for an incredible run of Cubs baseball that the franchise has ever seen, for sure. And winning that coveted World Series championship that they did in 2016, falling behind three games to one and winning three games in a row to win that 2016 World Series reminded me, and I'm sorry, Chris, but I've got to bring it up, reminded me a lot of the Red Sox coming back to beat the Yankees. Well, yes, both beat curses. And that's the thing. Got them over the hump because the the Yankees put them out the year before on that Aaron Boone home run in extra innings. Oh, yeah. And why you've got a knuckleballer and Tim Wakefield pitching in extra innings in a game 7 still blows my mind. Grady Little, yes, I'm talking to you. Another thing Grady Little sticking with Pedro Martinez when the end for him was inevitable. Sticking with him Yankees were able to string up a couple of hits and rally, tying the game up late in that ball game. Yep. And so, and it's a game seven. So yeah, there, there there were there were some bad and questionable decisions there from Grady Little in 2003, but it happened. But the Red Sox knew for them to get over the hump, they had they had to beat. They had to beat their arch rivals. They had they had to beat the team that had kicked them in the rump the previous year and for years upon years before. 
And they made history. They won four straight. And then they continued that hot streak and they swept St. Louis in the World Series. So doing what they did against the Yankees got them over the hump to where they were able to win a World Series. And I, I and I had I always had a feeling that the Cubs were going to have to to do the same. Now, was I confident falling behind three games to one? No, I was not because of that Indians pitching staff and how, how good they had been during that 2016 playoff run of theirs. But the Cubs were able to counter that with their starting pitching and get, I mean, getting some big time key and clutch hits in games five and six. And then in game seven, when they got punched in the gut in the eighth inning for. And I, I can't believe this guy's still on the team, Jason Hayward. But what Jason Hayward did in that dugout during that rain delay, picking up those guys after the momentum had clearly swung over to Cleveland's bench, picking those guys up and saying, hey, we've been the best team this season by far. We have to finish this. This was the goal, right? Mm-hmm. All season long. Well, why not? Why not? Why not come out? Why not come out with that sense of urgency? Why not come out saying, "No, you, you might have punched just in the gut, but this is our time. This is our moment." And they went out there after the rain delay, big time hit, hit after hit. In that top of the tent, and they're able they're able to just close them off there as the little dribbler rolls to Chris Bryant down the third baseline where he slips because he 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 did he did slip on the throw and he and he and he throws it and and it did it did sail a little high but thank goodness it wasn't it wasn't too high. And Anthony Rizzo is able to corral it into his glove for the final out, ending a 108-year-old curse as the Cubs won the World Series in 2016 over the Indians. So, you know, it's it's hard to say goodbye to those those three players, but they certainly mean a lot to me, me being a diehard Cub fan, and I know – Cup fans in general in the city of Chicago, they are absolutely historical legends. And they are to be remembered, commemorated, thanked, never and never forgotten. And so what they did and what they accomplished is truly to be honored remembered and never forgotten for sure and they will 
always hold a special place in my heart, and I wish them the absolute best with their new teams, and I I hope they crush it. And I know Anthony Rizzo started off great last night in his debut as a Yankee, and he's only going to get better. It's also good for those guys, too, as they get a change of scenery, and there's there's no – I, I I don't believe I, I don't believe there's any more added pressure because they don't have to hear a bunch of trade talk and rumors anymore. Right. They're just able to go out there, compete, and play baseball. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's what they do, and they do it at a very high level. They are all around great, talented baseball players, and. I can't wait to see what KB, Chris Bryant's going to do in San Francisco as that ball club's in first place in the NL West. Obviously, Dodgers made a lot of moves, but for the Giants to put a bat like Chris Bryant in their lineup, that was a great get because, I mean, the Dodgers are coming. Mm-hmm. And we all know that because they're absolutely loaded. So the Giants are – their goal right now is to win that division because we all know in a in a do do or die wild card game anything can happen it's win, it's win or go home and they they would much rather the dodgers be in that game to where if they just so happen to slip up they're out and you then you don't have to worry about them in that national league side of the playoffs so and then Javier Baez with the Mets. Of course, Francisco Lindor, shortstop for them, is still out right now with an injury. So Baez will fill the void for them at shortstop until he comes back. And then I do believe they're going to move Baez to second base, which is where Baez was originally playing at whenever the Cubs had Addison Russell during that 2016 World Series run, also in the 2015 playoffs and the 2017 playoffs. It was Baez playing second base and not shortstop. So until Frankie Lindor gets back for the Mets, expect Baez to play shortstop. But when Lindor does come back, Baez will play second base. That's going to be a great tandem to watch there in middle of the infield for sure and they're both they're both great friends as well and so they're going they're going to complement each other great and I'm sure you're going to see them two make a lot of a lot of great plays in the same game that are going to be on a top 10 highlight reel on Sports Center. and but Obviously, I'm sad, sad about it, but it it was, it was time. Jed Hoyer did the right thing by starting starting over, starting this thing over, starting fresh. This is something I wish the Ole Miss baseball program would do, quite honestly, with their coaching staff. Yeah, do it with coaching staff in college and. Now, now was the time for them, Chris, and we talked about that a few shows ago. But 
now now David David Ross is we're going to find out if he has what it takes to manage in the big leagues with with a with a young group now all of a sudden and I I definitely I definitely saw something last night that made me optimistic and another guy that I liked last night Chris and I'll go ahead and say this as I'm I'm closing and there were a couple of guys that made their de- debuts for for both teams, Cubs and Nationals, of course. And one of these guys was a right-handed pitcher by the name of Manuel Rodriguez for the Cubs. Okay. He came in in the eighth inning and made his major league debut. Chris, this guy's fastball topped out at 100 miles per hour. Get some good heat. Nine, 98, 99, and 100. Uh-huh. 100, of course, being the highest. I mean, go figure. But consistently doing that with his fastball. Yeah. And, I, and I know it was just one inning, and he retired all three batters that he faced. Thank, thank the good Lord. But he was doing that consistently. And on the, 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 third, and, the third and final hitter that he retired – in the bottom half of that eighth inning, he throws he throws this sharp breaking ball that I mean just right on the corner, hit the I mean hit the glove, hit the corner perfectly, and gets the strike three called. And I'm like, that that made me go, okay, we're gonna be all right. It gives you some hope for the future. And and a lot of I was impressed. I was so impressed by that that kid. Like I said, it was just he only pitched one inning, but he he did he did his job and and he did exactly what Ross wanted him to do, and that was one two three keep it a one run ball game. In the ninth, we got an opportunity to tie or take the lead. And but what what Manny Rodriguez did last night there in that eighth inning, very optimistic about him and his debut last night, and just wanted to touch up on that from from me watching the Cubs Nationals game last night. But once again, thank you to Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Javier Baez. I love you guys. Thank you guys for some incredible seasons as a Chicago Cub. The best run ever in the franchise's history. Man, you three were so fun to watch. I'm a fan of you guys for life. And once again, I just I wish you three the absolute best with your 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 new your new teams and I hope all three of you make the playoffs and who who knows maybe maybe two of them play each other in the world series or, 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 or one of them ends up being on the team that wins it all and certainly the Giants look even better with Chris Bryant they obviously have the best record in the National League and so they're they're in the 
they're in the best position. But I do like the Yankees heating up in this second half now that they've acquired Anthony Rizzo. And a- yeah, Anthony sure Rizzo so. Anthony Rizzo is an exceptional first baseman. He plays phenomenal defense. Yeah, I sure hope they heat up. And he'll definitely help there from first base. And then Javier Baez, he's got to get it going. That was the that was the one cub that absolutely needed to be traded because of it seems like since 2018 he's he's gone on a on a downward slope where he's he, he's trying to he's trying to go long ball every during every at bat during every pitch and You know, it really, really hurt, really hurt the Cubs down down the stretch of of the past couple of seasons of him doing so. You know, not not putting the ball in play, not getting not getting on base. But but I wanted to touch on one more thing, Chris, and that is going back to Jed Hoyer. I like what he did here, Chris, because you know I'm a big fan of contact hitting, not power hitting. Jed Hoyer, from what I read, he has this idea that that Major League Baseball is fixing to go back to contact hitting, more contact hitting. So the power hitters are are, are not going to stand out as they have been. And trust me, I'm bringing up Javier Baez. I've started to notice that with him. And and with Anthony Rizzo, now Anthony Rizzo has, has has got has caught fire somewhat, you know, before he was traded to the Yankees, and it, in his first game with the Yankees, hits a double deck double deck home run, first at bat with the Yankees. Yeah. But I'm I'm a big fan of contact hitting, putting the ball in play. Mississippi State, that's how you won a national championship. You went on your run, not only with great pitching, but you were able to overcome being no hit. Why? Because you put the ball in play. Yes, yes, you got a big home run out of it. But still, you're able to get back into those games because you put the ball in play. And so, Jed Hoyer... Is, is really starting to think that the game is going to go back to that. And so he's already got a leg up on it, if so. And it's something I'm definitely a fan of. And so I I, I love the moves that he made. And it, I'm going to be anxious to see what he does in the offseason. But I love the fact that he's, he's getting guys that that are that 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 are contact hitters, and so he's he's doing he's he's putting that plan in place with a uh projected lineup in the future, and he and he did a great job because for once, in my opinion, the Cubs are doing a great job at they're starting to scout 
scout and develop pitchers a lot better. And I've I've seen guy like a Manny Rodriguez last night and some other guys that I've seen throughout the season that have come from the minors. A Tommy Nance comes to mind. I'm trying to think, uh, Rowan Wick. Guys like that that have great upside going forward if they can just stay healthy. And I know it's hard to do in a 162-game season for sure, but but getting getting pitching prospects also in these deals, young pitching prospects, that, that was great to see as well. And so that's definitely what Jed Hoyer is doing here with lineup potential lineup options and, and and pitching options as well so he's he's really he's really starting to load up the farm system in that aspect and it's something that I, I'm a big fan of and I, I absolutely I absolutely love it just from me being a big baseball fan and 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 from that from that perspective because uh, I, I'm sorry, I, I I just don't like a bunch of power hitters in my lineup. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Mike Bianco. <laughs> well, and 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 here's the thing about them: they return a lot of a, a lot of their hitters from a from a year ago. So it's gonna be it's gonna be the same thing with them yep. next season. So power hitters go cold is bad. So Ole Miss fans, yeah, they're coming back, but you're going to see a little bit of the same. next college baseball season. So you better hope that the pitching's a lot better or or it it's going to it's going to be a year that that y'all didn't see coming, but I certainly did. So so yeah, I definitely just wanted to touch on that and and shout out the big three and just I, I love you guys and I, I'll never forget you and thank you thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for that incredible run for the class and respect that you showed the Cubs organization when 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 you guys went out to play ball every single time and thank you for that 2016 World Series. All right, well, to close out, got to touch on the random page of the day real quick. I went to Baseball Reference and got the May 2nd, 1952, Philadelphia Phillies versus St. Louis Cardinals. Got the Cardinals again. Cardinals ended up winning in the bottom of the night, 3-2. to two. Mm. Low scoring game, but exciting finish. And main player here, I recognize on any of the two teams is of course Dan Usual. <laughs> yeah, we we touched on him last last time, and he had no hits in this game, but he did have a walk. <laughs> the MVP for Cardinals, Solly Himmus, three for four, two runs. Wow. Uh, RBIs were attributed to a guy named Peanuts Lowry. He had one RBI. And then Wally <laughs> wow, Westlake had two RBIs. That's a name, too. 
Meanwhile, for the Phillies, Connie Ryan was two for four. Neither one of these teams ended up winning the World Series or even the National League that year. Do you do you know who won won it that year? I can check real quick. While you're doing that, I'd like to do two more shout outs. I'm sorry. All right. Twenty five years ago, WWE legend Kurt Angle won an Olympic gold medal with a broken freaking neck. Oh wow. <laughs> in nineteen ninety six. And the reason why I said it like that is he Kurt Angle, of course, as I just mentioned, he wrestled in the WWE, but every time he came out and he got on the microphone to cut a promo, he would always mention that he won an Olympic gold medal with a broken freaking neck. <laughs> so so his anniversary of doing so is today and one of my all-time favorite wrestlers in Kurt Angle. And today is Hollywood actor Wesley Snipes's 59th birthday. Blade him Blade himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Wesley Snipes also played in Demolition Man. Which I've seen that. Yep. I love that movie as well. He of course he was the bad guy in that movie. Went up against Sylvester Stallone, who was the good cop. And also Wesley Snipes played the speedy center fielder for in Major League yeah, to tie it into sports here. Yeah. In the in the movie called Major League featuring the Indians. I mean Guardians. Yeah, it's gonna be funny watching that. In the oh future. my gosh, is it? Yeah. Every time I watch that now, I'm just going to be shaking my head like, <laughs> why? Because <laughs> I mean, there there was no need to change the name, but you know, whatever. I mean, it it came out that they named the team the Indians in honor honor and remembrance of that chief. But of course, you know the media; they like to spin well, stuff. Well, if it was an honor, they shouldn't have had such an ugly <laughs> logo for so long. That wasn't very honorable, in my opinion. I like that logo, though. I liked it. It's a racist logo, though. <laughs> well, I, I'm not. I'm not meaning it from a from that from that point. But I mean, it was a classic logo. But yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's Got what I'm getting at. Big but. lips and big nose and <laughs> all the rest. Yeah. So. I get why they had to change it. and I mean, if they hadn't had that logo, maybe they could have kept the Indian's name, but it's just when you associate the two together. I know they tried to get rid of Chief Wahoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just, I guess, too much, two together. But uh, to answer the question about the the Brooklyn Dodgers won the National League that year in 1952, okay. and they lost the World Series 4-3 to three to the Yankees. How about so that? Is a... Another seven-game World Series. How about that? that year. And in the same state. Yeah. So another a, battle of the New York teams. A Subway Series. Yeah. <laughs> from back in yeah. the day. In hindsight, yeah. Yeah. Something that that could potentially happen. 
yeah, I want to see another New York World Series. It'd be nice. But, uh, and I don't really have a whole lot to add to that, the Phillies and Cardinals game. Uh, I mean, the biggest player there is Stan Usual, but again, Cardinals won it three to two, bottom of the ninth. Exciting game there in St. Louis. All right, well, thank y'all for joining us today. Again, Saturday, July 31st, episode 13 of Sport Fanatics. Had fun today. It's been hot here in My goodness, North yeah. Mississippi. It's supposed to cool down a bit next week, so I'm looking forward to that. But unfortunately, I'm going to not be able to uh, record next week because I'm looking forward to it, but I'm going out of town, so I'll be up in Tennessee next week. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. going to be a great trip for me, but... yeah. Uh, no recording so we have a pre-recorded episode ready to go up uh, it'll be just one episode next week but look forward to that it's john michael talking about his sports history it's really good i just cut it together a couple of days ago and it was really fun to listen to that again so i think it, y'all like it oh yeah I, I believe they will too chris and it's very ironic that it's going to be finally shared with our listeners after the Cubs. Yeah. Because it, it, it the Cubs have, have a lot to do with my fandom and, and all of you will will learn about that in that episode in that show, but it's very ironic that that we're going to share that with our listeners now that the fire cell has concluded with Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez finally being traded away, ending that historical Cub run there. And also closing in on your birthday coming up. So yeah. it's like pretty uh, pretty good timing all around. Yep, that as well. And, and well, so I, I can't, yeah, I, I can't wait for you guys to to hear it. it, it it's definitely, I, I, I definitely thought it was a, it was a great show that oh, day. It is. It is. And, and and great for me to to share my my fandom and and also a little bit about when I did play. Yeah. Sports. Yeah. Which wasn't wasn't long, but but I I did I did play sports when I was younger. So I I can't wait for you guys to listen to it, and I can't wait to listen to it myself. Yeah. See how it how it ended up, but I. I, I do remember recording that day, and so, yeah. yeah well, and I, I can't wait for them to hear it, Chris. And speaking to you, where can they catch you on social media? Man, you all can add me as a friend on Facebook if you would like. My name is John Michael McBunch, and please feel free to add or follow me on Twitter, or Instagram, my handle on both of those accounts is at J underscore Mike Check. I had a lot of <laughs> had a lot of Cub fans follow me oh. yesterday on Twitter. Okay, after something that I said on Twitter, I saw that tweet. Yeah, and I I, I meant it. It, it. it what trust me, it wasn't something for me to gain followers or anything like that. I. I 
it was a great tweet and I, I meant it. It came from my heart. And but I, I had a lot of Cub fans really back me up about that, you know, really really joined together and that that's that's what I that's what I love the most about that fan base is that fan base is so connected and they're connected because of Cubs baseball. And it's just it's just a great fan base and so I had a anyway I had a lot of them follow me yesterday on Twitter but my Twitter and Instagram handle once again is at J underscore Mike check. So it was really great to see a, a bunch of other fellow Cub fans follow me yesterday and you guys should do the same so follow yes. follow me on twitter and instagram at j underscore mike check you want to talk sports let's talk sports let's interact let's have fun because that's what it's all about so why don't you follow me <laughs> why don't you hit that follow button when you look up my name at J underscore Mike Check. Where can they find you, Christopher Floyd? Oh, uh, on Twitter at Christophilies11, Christophpoles11. Uh, my, my personal page, and then the the podcast as a whole is at Sport Fanatics with an X. Yes, and I. On I, Twitter. And I, I do not know how many followers that, that we do have, but I. If. if anybody was looking for some nba draft coverage the other night thursday night i want to apologize for not getting on and and updating you guys if if you if you were expecting that if you were looking at the page for updates i do want to apologize for that i completely was exhausted and i was i was i was watching the draft of course but I completely by 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 the time by the time I well let me just say this time got away from me yeah well you good it's, it's and by by the time I knew it you know the draft was just about over with or halfway done and I was already you know pretty wore out pretty tired and so. I do want to apologize to any of you that were looking for that, but no, you good and follow follow us on Sport Fanatics. I guarantee you that will not happen again because <laughs> we we yeah. we would love for you to follow us. That way, we can interact with you guys and keep you updated on some big sports stories and games that are going on. So I promise you guys, it will never happen again. Next time I say I'm going to do something on the page, I'm going to do it. But follow us, you guys. Follow us, follow us, follow us. Yeah. And We'd love to have you follow us. Y'all have a great weekend. What's left of it? Yes. And enjoy your great, Sunday. Great week next week. Enjoy your Sunday. I'm going to go to church tomorrow. And it should, I mean, it's just nice outside right now. I know it's been hot like you just well, it's supposed to cool down starting tomorrow. So, so yeah, and ho- hopefully we get the same kind of weather tomorrow to wrap up the weekend. And so can't can't wait for you guys to hear my 
sports fandom story next week and and so yeah yeah so y'all take care adios have a great weekend big three cubs final core members love you guys always and forever i'm a fan for life god bless you guys